Welcome to Hermes AM, where we explore ideas, share experiences, and feed curiosity. We seek to learn and grow. Join us in challenging perspective and ideas. Day and welcome to another episode of Hermes AM. Today it's just going to be Tao and New. I'm just introing this. We're with Brendan and Michelle, and they are um, some. They they work in Broadway, and we're going to be talking about Broadway musicals and whatnot. Uh, this is just a disclaimer. I had to edit out quite a bit of uh, Brendan's audio because of uh, just a lack of continuity. You'll see towards the tail end. I try to leave in some of it. Uh, apologies we're working with technology we're working with people from different places so uh, enjoy it's a fun show so I think the theme of basically our last 30 something episodes have been we're not professionals uh, so <laughs> for this week's episode we decided to actually bring in professionals uh, we decided to invite two um, I guess you could say good friends we've 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 interacted quite a bit during live streams at Comic-Con um, and in the Facebook group. Um, but today we have Michelle and Brendan who are here to talk about Broadway, which is something that New and I have absolutely, we know absolutely nothing of. I've never been to Broadway. I've never even been to New York. So I'm very excited to learn whatever I can today. Come to the dark side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, so we're we're super excited to have you. Like, um, I'm like an avid fan of Broadway and stuff like that because I I don't get to go as much as I'd like, but I always think it's kind of like such such like well done productions. Obviously, they've kind of like evolved over the years, kind of thing, and gotten into like special effects and all these other kind of uh, kind of cool things. Um, so like it's like, and I've only seen a handful of them, but they're always like super fun super interactive and um so i'm always kind of like excited to kind of learn more about it and, and especially because you guys i remember i've met you guys at conventions and you guys were always dressed up and you guys are always so much fun and like i always thought it was kind of like i didn't like know but you guys did look like you guys really took so much pride in you guys outfits <laughs> that i knew you guys were doing something kind of like on the outside that was like kind of around the same and it was kind of really kind of a uh, um, pleasantly surprised to hear you guys worked actually at Broadway. So yeah. I'm really excited to learn more. The first question I wanted to ask is like, so what do you both do? Like uh, Brendan, Michelle, what do you guys do individually in Broadway? I'll go first. Um, I'm a head tracker. I actually do accounting work in the box office, um, ticket sales, group sales. I work with uh, the company. I work with production, press agencies, marketing, a lot of the more financial aspects of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm a house manager. So um, there's like three main theater owners that own all of the buildings that the theaters are living in on Broadway. Um, and I basically run, I'm like the landlord, I would say, <laughs> of, of the theater, of the one specific theater. And so like I deal with, um dealing with the customers so all of the like patrons that come and see all the shows but i also deal with the company side 
and make sure like the actors and the producers are happy. And then I pay all of the musicians and the crew members. Um, so yeah, I think landlord's the easiest way to explain. Explaining. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, so it seems like, man, that's like a, like a probably a lot of uh, wrangling and kind of keeping everything, everybody happy, especially because mm -hmm. like, and from what I've read, the producers are kind of producers and the actors that can be a bit troublesome at times. Kind There's of thing, a lot so. of emotions, a lot of feelings. <laughs> yeah. um, so you need to know how to deal with very wide-ranging emotions all the time yeah right right <laughs> that sounds right. like my job my department chair likes to say that we have a lot of feelers <laughs> in our department and so sometimes our meetings can be a bit um high energy oh yeah in there that's for sure <laughs> so cool. so what uh Tal, you want to go ahead and ask the next question so yeah I'm well i mean really quick uh, because i'm terrible at introductions i need spence for this um i wanted to rewind a little bit to kind of give our listeners uh, some information um i assumed a lot of people know what broadway is because it's broadway but in case you don't know who uh, what broadway is um broadway is widely known as you know, Broadway theater in New York. There are 41 professional theaters, each with 500 or more seats in it. Um, technically, there are only three theaters on Broadway itself, from what I've read. Um, but for the most part, when you refer to Broadway, you're referring to that larger collection of theaters, which it sounds like is owned by only like three people. Uh, yeah. Going by statistics, uh, before this show began, New said that he was um, reading a book about this. Of course, he did. Um, and me being me, I just went online and just looked up a bunch of statistics. So uh, prior to the pandemic, uh, the Broadway was a, a multi-billion dollar industry. Um, going back to the 1819 year, right? Yeah. Uh, Broadway itself grossed 1,829, this is in billion, so it's really or in million, so it's really 1,829 million dollars from those 41 theaters. They had 14.77 million attendees. There were 38 productions that produced that much money and entertained that many um, attendees, which is amazing if you think about it. Uh, that is a lot of money and that is a lot of draw for people to just come to this one area um, and watch these shows. And of course, that obviously was disrupted like many other things um, due to COVID and we'll get to that in a bit. But going back then, now that we've talked about, you know, what it is that you both do, you know, you mentioned that this has always been something that you've you've grown into that you've been interested it's just in your blood um so how exactly did this start um and did you guys meet in the same theater in the same production or did you guys how did your your paths cross so i finished uh i started broadway in 1999 um just out of uh community college and i was just my uncle had got me the job he was a ticket seller and worked in a box office on Broadway. And I was just kind of like a summer job. I was going to become a CPA, go to Rutgers and just do a summer gig. And I just fell in love with it. I mean, it was like everything that I wanted to do in high school, I was in theater, was on stage and loved being in that crowd. And then 
the monetary side of it, it just like fixed, it fixated on that little part of my brain that was just like numbers oriented. And I was like, this is absolutely perfect. I couldn't, couldn't be any happier doing what I do. And just, it stuck from then on and I've been there. That's awesome. Yeah, mine, well, so like middle school, since I could remember, honestly, I was doing like theater stuff, mainly musical theater. And then I actually went to college in Miami specifically for uh, theater, like to be an actor. Um, and um, when I came back to New York, I was working at a bunch of like off-Broadway theaters and just like being an usher or whatever. Um, and then um, fully made my way up to like being a manager of a theater um, and then got into working for the Schubert organization, which is the same company that both of us work for, which is one of the main theater owners on Broadway. Um, and I kind of let acting go to the side. And I think there was a part of me that I knew that I never really liked other people telling me what to do. I rather just tell other people what to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think I was like, this is a perfect fit. I'm still in the world of theater. Um, yeah. I get to manage my own life instead of other people doing it for me. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's 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 great like well you know the thing is like it, rem it kind of reminds me of a lot of like because i read like ton of biographies and stuff like that and it seems anybody that got into theater seems like they kind of did the same thing like they were taken to a show or their family kind of took them to like in broadway in, in new york and kind of just like and they went there because like mel brooks for instance he said he went to a show and it just changed his whole life because oh, yeah. he would see them like singing and then he just like um, like the musical and he would just like and then same with like you know, Willy Wonka. He also did the same thing was also kind of like saw this like uh, what's his name? Tao? I'm like having no. a thing. Um, uh, oh, my God, he died. He was. Uh, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, Gene Wilder. Wilder. I don't even know. It's like I'm Gene Wilder. He's kind yeah. of the same thing. Right. <laughs> So they kind of all kind of seen shows. Yeah, they all kind of seen shows and kind of did that. And then like, um, and it's uh, interesting. It's like kind of like how most of these people kind of got into the theater. We're all kind of just like, oh, I was an usher or I was this. And I kind of just hung out and then um, ended up just be going, becoming a part of their life kind of thing. So it's, like, it's super exciting to see, uh, to hear this kind of just like a, was a calling after you went there and just kind of yeah. went for it, you know? So yeah, it's exciting. Working on Broadway um, because my uncle was working there. I had seen over a hundred Broadway <laughs> musicals and plays like on stage at all the years prior to even working. So that's awesome. That's crazy. That is. We have a lot to, to catch up on. You know? like, we gotta <laughs> start going. I know. I know. I've only seen a handful, you know, and the ones I want to see they don't even play anymore. Like I would have loved to see the producers and there's like, you know, oh, kind of yeah. thing back in the day, oh. you know, kind of thing. And then, um, yeah, because like I remember like Mel and his biography was talking about he was super proud that they still hold the Tony Award uh, record. Like oh, they, yeah. they, they almost lost to they almost lost to Hamilton, but they still have one over them. So it's like uh, hoping yeah. before Mel dies that he does a Robin Hood Men in Tights musical. That's what I want. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Thirty there. <laughs> yeah, no, I would love a Robin Hood Men in Tights musical. That'd be phenomenal. That's and like Mel's like that. a huge. Yeah, Mel's a huge fan, so he always yeah. does all those things, and it's always like super fun. So. um yeah, and he's still around, which is, like, is. Like super crazy. So yeah, I he love, I love. No, please keep, keep, keep 
know. And the thing is, he's so much. I think like the like a like one of the things in his biography that was super fun was like when they asked him like, "How do you how do you live so long? How do you how do you like last so long?" Or like, and he's all, "Well, I just don't die." And that, <laughs> <laughs> I was like. <laughs> And I was, uh, so, you know, one one tidbit before we get in, it was in that book too. He said that one of his first acting gigs was that he was uh, like 14 years old. He got this, like he was doing like, you know, little cleanup here and there on the side of a stage. And then one day the guy got sick, like the stand in, the guy doing the acting got sick and he couldn't do it. And then he, Mel said he'd stand, they, they'd say stand in and all this kid can't do this. And he's like, I could do this. I could do it. And he recites all the lines. And they're like, okay, fine, just let him do it. And then they kind of they make him look like an old man, put all this stuff on them. He goes out there to do his line, and he's he's like a lawyer that's supposed to be 40 years old, and he's only like 16. <laughs> so he goes out into the front of the stage, and he does his line, but then he has a cup of water, and he drops it, and it shatters all over the floor, and everybody just like holds their breath and looks at him. So he takes off his wig, he walks out to the front of the the, the, the lights and goes, I'm 16 and I've never done this before. And everybody <laughs> just started laughing. <laughs> and then he just, and then he just like, he just ran and he's all, I just ran the whole, I just left and I just ran. And I was probably six blocks away before uh, they even could find me. <laughs> and he was like, that was my, he's all, that was when I realized I need to do comedy instead of acting. So like, uh, yeah, it was pretty fun. But anyways. <laughs> Okay, Tao, go for it, Tao. Oh, there's still one more half to my question. So okay. you kind of hinted at it that you both work for oh, you know, the same. Yeah. So we did um, actually meet at the, yeah. Well, so like we had actually, it's a long story, but basically like you have to join, we're both in mm -hmm. unions. Everything on Broadway. And in order to, officially join the union, you have to do apprenticeships. He did his long before mine. Um, but when I was still an apprentice, I met him working in uh, another theater and we were just like friends. And then um, when I officially joined my union and became a full-fledged house manager, um, I took over the same theater um, that he was the head treasurer of, which was is the court theater, which is currently under renovations and is closed to the public right now. Um, and then, yeah, we were working together on M Butterfly. That was the show, right? Yeah. 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 Um, and then, you know, we decided we liked each other. Oh, yeah, we're both Libras, both You're the Dragon. Yeah. But now that we're married, we're not allowed to work in the same theater because apparently, you know, I don't know, we'll steal money or something. But, you know, <laughs> that's just corporate business, I guess. <laughs> well, and that's, I think that's probably a safe rule for all industries. Um, and, you know, you mentioned that your theater, uh, Brandon, your theater is close renovations. Does that have anything to do with trying to, like, update it for, exactly. for COVID or? A Absolutely. lot of the theaters. Um, really were built in the 1800s, like possibly earlier. Um, a lot of them from like the original like Broadway scheme of New York City have turned into department stores or just like completely demolished. But 
a lot of them that are still around are actually historically landmarks. Yeah, landmarks. Um, so it takes things. a long time and a lot of like red tape to like Approvals. actually get it done and then renovated because there's like gorgeous like murals of paintings like rococo paintings that like were done from the 1800s yeah, that have like murals on the wall yeah and, that yeah. have turned into like brown mush because you know you're allowed to smoke cigars and cigarettes inside buildings you yeah, know back yeah. in the day so it takes a long time just to like get a person who knows how to restore artwork to like fix those and then due to like the historical landmark things um there's only certain ways they can like restore a building um so it takes a long long time yeah. accessible yeah. bathrooms yeah. because a lot of the theaters were not accessible yeah. for most, most people yeah yeah i think the san francisco one's kind of like that too Tao, right it just seems kind of rickety kind of thing because it's super yeah, old and yeah and here in California, um, it's very difficult to do anything with those historical buildings. Um, you do have to go through a lot of red tape, a lot of um, my boyfriend's job is to do a lot of environmental analysis for renovations as well as new construction. So he tells me a lot of the things that they have to do, like, um, you know, things like if you're going to be pile driving, especially with here with earthquakes, you have to one, make sure you've fit it properly for earthquakes but two you have to think about well with this construction was it going to go due to the buildings next to it mm. like you can't create damage for everything there um traffic noise and all of that um yeah. especially if it's an old building you also have to think about asbestos and yeah lead-based paints <laughs> <laughs> there's one theater right now which it's like if you look this up it's actually insane it's the palace theater and it's been closed for like almost three years now but what they're doing is they're literally lifting it 13 stories off the ground and they're building like a huge like new hotel or something underneath it but this is like yeah, never been done retail space under yeah it's insane and again it's a historically landmark theater but i guess they're just somehow they figured it out. it out yeah yeah, yeah. crazy <laughs> it is crazy i mean i've seen people who have like bought houses and was like okay we're gonna move it over like to a different plot and it's like how do you how do you do that <laughs> yeah i know people that are smart and engineers definitely so I mean, obviously, you know, we've been talking about this. Uh, a, there have been a lot of impacts, ongoing impacts due to COVID. Um, and, you know, during this entire run of our podcast, we've been trying to kind of talk about what it's been like for people. Um, things have been weird for my industry in higher ed. Fortunately, we are able to do a lot of it online, um, but we do have a lot of programs that can't be online. And so it's just trying to figure out how do we um, safely be in person in like enclosed spaces. New was able to pivot from conventions to doing a lot of online things. Um, and then we, you know, we interviewed um, a tattoo art, a local tattoo artist to find out like what he was doing considering he couldn't really open up his shop during COVID and what sort of precautions that they were doing themselves to prepare to reopen. Um, so what was it like for, for you? during COVID, because I imagine, you know, trying to put on a Broadway production isn't something that's Zoom friendly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so there was, that was a, a lot of going back and forth from like, 
March of 2020 till um, my show was one of the first, um, the last show I worked on was one of the first Broadway shows to like reopen after the pandemic kind of started. Um, but uh, again, like all the unions kind of had to come together and be like, all right, what works? Because uh, Broadway in itself was such a huge economic is a huge economic boom for New York City in itself. We have all these theaters and it gets so many tourists and it helps all the restaurants and all the hotels. And it was the biggest thing, honestly, that like kind of destroyed the economy in New York City. Um, so we had to figure out a way to make it all come back because yeah, I mean like Hamilton is on Disney Plus now. I think there was a couple of other shows. Well, Diana is on yeah, that Diana. list. <laughs> um, you want to get like really high or drunk yeah. and watch it. Watch, it. Um, watch you Diana. Watch it sober in oh. any way. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, so they had to figure out a way to make it safe, but also that like people would want to still come back. So we had, I mean, New York City in itself had very strict like COVID um, regulations. Yeah. So like they had to make um, a unanimous like decision. We didn't go back to work until, you know, Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, I remember talking to you guys at the beginning, you guys were out for a while and it was just kind of like, so that was just kind of just like, and you guys were, then you guys like moved during that time too, right? Yeah, we were really lucky, honestly. We had just moved back down to New Jersey where I'm from and bought a house the month prior to COVID. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we honestly hit the lottery because real estate pricing now is like ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was nice. We had time to redo our house ourselves and do things that we normally would pay somebody else to do. We really made our home our home and did it ourselves. So we were proud of that. Yeah, no, I was definitely grateful. But it, I mean, it was also like, I want to work again. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, so when they decided to like, um, officially like make a joint statement of like, this is how Broadway was going to run. Um, you know, everybody has to be vaccinated to come and see the shows. And this is still in place. Again, yeah. it might change now that things are getting a bit better, but who knows, but um, you, and everybody had to wear a mask. So we had to then add this whole other like piece to getting people into the theater because you know, you're not, you're literally on top of each other. There's no way we could social distance, yeah. make yeah. it profitable for anybody. Yeah. Financially, you couldn't have space to have seating where, you know, every other, other I kind of feel like it's got to be like a sporting event too, because you can't really space those out either, yeah. like at the arenas and stuff like that either, like a concerts, like right. you just gotta, you know, and I just like, it's, or the airplanes, like when I was traveling on the airplanes, there's really no spaces in between the air, like the airplanes or anything like that. And they're not checking vaccines at the airport. They were just letting anybody in. So yeah. Like, you know? So. Yeah. I went to a concert not too long ago and it was jam packed. And um, we were supposed to wear our masks uh, if we weren't eating or drinking, but it was a, it was a rock concert. So no one had their mask on and everyone was smoking. So yeah. <laughs> in an indoor <laughs> venue. So that was it. Yeah. I was yeah. like, All right. Well, maybe, um, 
maybe weed kills COVID. We haven't really studied that yet, right? <laughs> yeah. And so that so the return so far has been great. Like, has it been like the there's people been coming back and it's been kind of back to somewhat normal or just still kind of like floating around like kind of weird? I mean, it's definitely a bit better. Like there was like honestly, there was like a glimmer of hope right before December and then like Omicron hit and everything went to shit. <laughs> and then like literally everything pretty much closed. I mean the only shows that are actually doing really well are like Just Flying that. King and Late Run Up Flame Is isn't there anymore. Oh my God. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Phantom yeah. yeah. of the Opera, Chicago. Um, it was it was really hard for new playwrights and new shows, honestly, to open at this time because, like, yes, we want to see this new material, but. It, they didn't have the financial stability that like these longer running shows have. Yeah, yeah. So they're kind of, they're going back to what, like they're going back to their like greatest hits just to make right. sure everything keeps going instead of kind of trying to try the new show. Because even like, even when I was walking around this last uh, year, it still seemed like it was th things were happening around there, you know? And then, um, but like you said, it changed again since the, Om the, the Omicron came out and then probably <laughs> shipped, shipped it again. And then it was like weird again. But um, yeah, it seems like everything now seems like it's coming back again, but then, you know, never know. Not right. Something new will pop up and then you'll just be all over again, you know, so. Um, you better knock on some wood. Well, you, Michelle, who you run into well. that you actually like or, or hate, that would be good too. <laughs> oh. I feel like I probably shouldn't talk about the people. <laughs> we'll have you back on when you retire, and then you yeah, can talk with yeah. everything. I will dish out all yeah, yeah. shit about some people. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I do deal with a lot of, even, like, famous people that come and see shows themselves. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, as, 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 like, people checking yeah, it out. Yeah, just as patrons. So I deal with a lot of them. Um, I have definitely, like, a, a couple of, like, top people. Um, so... I'm going to do my first one. I'm kind of obsessed with Drew Barrymore. Oh, yeah. The weirdest way. I'm, like, obsessed <laughs> with her. And actually, yeah. the theater that I um, run is the Ethel Barrymore Theater. Um, so Drew Barrymore actually comes from an insanely long line of really famous yeah. Broadway actors. Yeah. So Ethel and John Barrymore, who were brother and sister actors, um, are her, like, great aunt and uncle. Great, yeah. great. Yeah. Something like that. Anyway, yeah. so she came and saw a show that I was working on um, called Dear Evan Hansen. Um, and like all the famous people went and saw it when it first came out because it was like the biggest thing three years ago. Um, but she was so sweet and like so genuine and like she just really wanted to know about like the history of theater. I mean, like she was there to see the show, but she really just wanted to know about like how I got my job. How, like she like wanted to know like how this theater was built and like again the music box theater where the show was is also a historical theater has a whole history to it um but she was just so genuinely like interested in the space and I was like that's like honestly like one of like the one most wonderful things like a famous person can do yeah. instead of just being like oh this is about me just get me to my seat like I don't <laughs> want to talk to anybody yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. She really wanted to engage with everybody that worked there, which was awesome. Um, 
my it's like well other... i think that like the thing is like like the thing about those things is that they see you and that's the yeah. that's the most important thing is like when you're in that kind of thing is that they see you they see you like i try to see everyone i try to see like every time i'm like at an airport i try to see the people that are cleaning stuff and doing stuff and i always try to acknowledge that like I, you know it's just like i try to see those people because like for the most part most people treat them as like they're invisible you know, and I think that's like the best kind of thing to do, like, is just to see the people that are actually doing all the stuff that making this happen for you, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, so that's, that's I, really I, cool. It is a very, like, there are people that are just see you as basically like a furniture piece or just like part yeah. of the place and don't yeah. really recognize you as like a human. And yeah. then there are the actors that understand that you're the reason why this is like happening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Drew Barrymore. That's awesome. What about you, Michelle? What, what do you, what do you, what's your favorite show? Oh, geez. I mean, I have a lot of them because I guess, you know, I was like a theater nerd growing up, but I think the one that actually got me really into theater, I, uh, I okay, there's two. I would say there's two. The one that got me into theater was Les Mis because I was like obsessed with the little like French girl. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Cosette. But the one that I actually like love, love is um, Cabaret. Like I could see any version of Cabaret anytime. Um, but yeah, Cabaret, because it was such a weird, but dark, but also beautiful show at the same time. And the lead in the revival, um, Natasha Richardson, RIP, beautiful woman. Um, you did, she like, wasn't a singer and that was kind of one of like the best parts because usually you think Broadway and they're like these beautiful operatic like gorgeous voices and like that show was like not about your voice it was about like the characters and like the story um but yeah I That's guess awesome. like, yeah Cabaret is awesome awesome show and Alan Cumming was in it and he's the best ever <laughs> yeah for sure and then uh, <laughs> so, uh, so like you know when it comes down to the songs and stuff too and like you know because like when I was reading the book to prepare for this kind of thing like uh, Rogers and Hammerstein kind of did some of the most iconic songs that have ever came out like a lot of people like know these songs but don't know that they kind of wrote a lot of these songs too mm -hmm. so it's kind of like and then also like like when you read that book it's kind of like fascinating because they're the first ones to kind of do merch for Broadway because they didn't really do like that wasn't really a thing and then they yeah. created like during South Pacific they actually created all these like little merchandising things that just ended up kind of becoming a standard for all the shows afterwards you know kind of thing and it's like it's kind of fascinating how much stuff kind of came um from what the, their innovations and all the stuff that came from it and then like the transitions from Broadway to actually doing um film musicals or movie musicals right kind of came from all those things being moved over and then like speaking of that like when you're looking at broadway versus like the films what what is your guys's like idea and like what do you guys like and dislike about that when they get transferred over are they as good are they always like terrible kind of thing and stuff like and like you know so because they, they do move a lot of films over to that, right? Yeah, extra credit if you can somehow explain how Cats was a good idea. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, Cats was the how worst Cats? musical exactly. ever. How was it a good idea in the first place? <laughs> I was like traumatized as a child oh when God. I saw Cats. And I was like on an aisle and one of these people like jump out in this leotard and is like, genital cat, and I freaked out. So yeah. Like, yeah. Like, but um, you know, it's funny because um, with cats, cats is why I imagine Broadway shows being on 
at like Broadway forever. Because growing up, I kept seeing commercials of this taped production of Cats. And I I feel like I've seen I saw those commercials from like pre-K all the way until high school. (laughs) You you love cats. Oh. I love actual cats. Yeah, <laughs> cats are great. Yes, we love our cats. Too. <laughs> yeah. So like, um, what? So like, yeah. But from film to from Broadway to film, I find like it's kind of it's a def it's a definitely a difficult transition, and it, it seems like they're never as they're never as critically acclaimed as the actual show that's on on Broadway. You know? Yeah. I mean, For sure. Like even Dear Evan Hansen, like horrible. Yeah, the movie's not great. great. They did the movie? They did the movie. Um, oh, that's the one with Whoopi. Okay. It wasn't a good transition. Really yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely hit or miss. Like, even, like, Lame is. Like, they did that movie with, like, Anne Hathaway and, uh, what's his face? Uh, Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman. Who is, um, the, the main guy? <laughs> um, Russell Crowe. Oh, my Russell God. Russell Crowe, yeah, Russell Crowe. Um, like, I think that's honestly one of the biggest problems. Is they try to get these, like, big-name people to do it. Um, and even though like Hugh Jackman's on Broadway right now in Music Man, um, like he he has like a crossover, but a lot of these like film actors don't have the crossover to like do it on stage. And there is a very big difference because you do oh, yeah. it's more minimalistic when you're on film. My like favorite female actor. Yeah. On Broadway. Horrible. Yeah. Which one? Julia Roberts. Oh, Julia Roberts. <laughs> so you know because like for me like it's it's kind of like Hugh Jackman I guess started there right but then you also look at somebody that um like Jason Alexander who also the, was in Seinfeld actually a Broadway guy but then actually got kind of uh, got stuck in like uh, Seinfeld like as George Costanza but then he's like he's done so many things and he can sing and he can dance and he can do all these things but then he gets stuck being George Costanza right but that's like his thing and they go back and forth you get like um you know Matthew Broderick who was on producers and you get all these other kind of things that go back and forth and then um you know so it's like it's interesting to see like the guys that actually like love Broadway and love performing and then how they can do like but then you can't do the other the other side over right where they like the the ones that don't do Broadway and just want to like do it and it just it just doesn't work the same you know Larry David. He started in Fish in the Dark for a really long time and he was really well sold and then Jason Alexander came over and took over his role. And I mean he was absolutely amazing. He was even better than Larry David was. That's, yeah, that that makes sense though, because like that's his thing, right? Larry David on Seinfeld. So that was a character. So playing Larry David for Jason was just like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was say I like I was gonna because I want I was like uh, I want them to do Rochelle Rochelle the musical. <laughs> so it'd be a, it'd be a hilarious kind of thing to see, see that kind of stuff. But um, yeah. So like you know when we look at um other stuff, Ta- this is like Tao's question. Tao's been wanting to ask um about like uh like some behind the scenes stuff and how how difficult it is and how hard it is to kind of look through those things. Go ahead, Tao. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I watched Hamilton, um, the like traveling show that came 
there goes my dog, um, <laughs> to Sacramento last year. And while looking at the different uh, show times, like, you know, we noticed it was five days a week, two shows a day. Of, and we're watching the show and it's, it's a lot, you know, you, you have all these songs, you have to, you have all of these moving parts as well as people that you have to memorize and be on top of and do it again and again. And for me, you know, as a counselor, I have one evening where I might talk for about four or five hours. And by the end of it, my throat, my voice is gone. And the idea of doing this twice a day, five days a week, and then doing it again and again and again is just it just seems incredibly intense. Um, and so I was just really interested in what goes into running a production. Like what is the everyday like? How do you guys keep going? How do you deal with the random things that might break or people who get stuck? I mean, even just getting to the point where you're starting production. So like I'm in pre pre-performances of a new show called Paradise Square. Um and we're in, we're about to get into the tech portion of uh, getting the show running for the public. So like tech, we call it tech is um, it's, we call them 10 out of 12 days. So you're literally there for 10 hours uh, out of 12. Um, and we're there and they literally go through every lighting cue, every sound cue, every like movement of the set. And, it, and it's literally like a stop motion situation where they're like, okay, do that. Now stop, hold it there. Let's like write it down. Okay, let's go back. Let's redo that to this point. Stop, hold it. Let's write it down. Um, it's long days. And then once we finally get all of those pieces together and um, we're actually in performances, everybody just kind of has to take care of themselves. And that was honestly one of the biggest parts during COVID is like, you're on top of each other. When you're on stage, especially for the actors, they can't wear their masks. They, I mean, we're testing twice, three times, maybe four times a week, depending on the production um, to make sure nobody gets each other sick. And then mm -hmm. it inevitably happened anyway, but um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's long days and especially for the actors when they're singing like crazy notes and like rock operas, you know, like when they did the Who's Tommy on Broadway, I don't even know how some of those people singing those like crazy well, rock you know, songs. It, it, yeah, like, well, it's like they train their kind of their diaphragm in order to do those kind of things, right? Yeah. But they are, they're a lot. And then on the holidays, oh my God, holiday schedules are the worst because like during the Christmas, New Year's week, you'll do like 10 performances in a week sometimes because they want to get as many like people that are in town to see these shows in and like make as much money as you can. But like, you're tired by the end of the week and you only have one day off. Yeah. I mean, most people like, I don't, I don't go anywhere. <laughs> like I'll yeah. like sleep until no, like noon no, and then be like, all right, I guess I'll like get up and eat something. And <laughs> <laughs> you guys you guys live like i do like i try to get up early and i can't so it's like it's like you know it's just like i go because i'll be up like all night and then i'll like then i'll say oh well i earned an hour of video games today but i have to do it at one in the morning 
right? So I'm doing it at the one to two. And then I'm like, oh, I got to go to bed now. And then I'll wake up at like 10, 11, 12 o'clock, you know? So it's like, uh, I've been trying to cut it down, but it's hard, you know? So it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, well, my, uh, my schedule is dictated by the cats right now. So we're at the point of the year where the sun like comes through the window just perfectly to hit my side of the bed. So I'll wake up and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get up. But then that's when the cats decide that they want to curl up next to me finally. And so then I'm like, no, well, now I can't get up. The cat's here. (laughs) (laughs) They're like dictating the whole situation. Yeah. 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 I saw things like that all the time. So like, and then, you know, when you're watching those shows and then the pyrotechnics that go on. So I think that's like, you know, also like, then you guys do the pre, you guys do like the, um the shows before it opens right so you can like work out all the like the stuff well because when i was reading that like i was reading that book and they were saying that they would do like lines right they do certain like singing and then they realized they changed the lyrics based on like the end note like the if they ended in a certain way they they wanted to draw like the the word to kind of like resonate longer they changed the words based on so they can kind of like do longer um vocals and stuff like that so you find all those out in um in previews i guess and then also in uh, south pacific they talked about how they put in um when she washed her hair constantly like where they basically said she was her idea to wash her hair and so then like they were like oh don't do that because it's just going to be like kind of a thing and then she ended up it ended up being such a hit but at the beginning when she first did it they like they lost the song like that the song didn't really matter because like they were just so shocked that she was like washing her hair and they're like is this she really washing her hair on the thing and they were so confused by the visuals of it that they were like talking to themselves about the whole situation and then they had realized they had to change the song a little bit just so they can hear the song and re- like see the differences and they worked that all out in like previews kind of thing and then she said that she ended up washing her hair like four times a day or something <laughs> like because one for the show you couldn't get all the shampoo out of the hair so you washed it after the, the the little performance then she'd go home and wash it again and then do it all over again kind of thing so it's just kind of like a um very interesting stuff especially because if you getting the thing the floor wet you got to mop it and clean it real quick so people don't slip when they come back out again and like so much like stuff goes into it right that you didn't think of that would just cause way more problems, you know? Exactly. Especially playing with fire. You play with fire, burn down the whole goddamn thing. Uh-huh. You know? <laughs> so it's, a, it's it's definitely kind of a, a whole, yeah, I can imagine you guys just working like crazy. It's it's kind of interesting because like you're doing, because I watched the one that was on the Apple TV um, and I thought it was kind of cool. But like oh, Denzel. Like Denzel. Denzel's version, I thought it was pretty good. But you know, the thing is like, I was like, when I look at these things and I watch them, it's funny how like you change you like don't change Shakespeare, right? But then if you go back to like Leonardo DiCaprio in Romeo and Juliet, how much I remember it and how much it like translates over to like my like like I know what's happening because of the visuals were upgraded. Like the, like instead of using a sword, they were using a gun. But the language didn't change. But for some reason, I understood everything because they upgraded everything. And then watching Denzel's version, I'm like, I'm super confused. I don't know what's happening right now. Like, I don't even know what's going on. But like, you know, and it's like funny, cause like when I like watched something like Romeo and Juliet, I was like, they didn't change the words, but yeah, I understood the whole thing. You know, yeah. but this one, I'm all, I'm getting confused left and right. Like, I don't know what the hell's going on, you know? But, I mean, that's the same thing with operas. You get in operas written in a different language. And yeah. Pretty much, just find visual cues that 
yeah, yeah. the visual i think the visuals right it's like that's the thing it's like it's a visual kind of performance and like yeah. and then like because it was upgraded to like a 90s aesthetic it made it so easy to translate because you understood it like you because of the like everything and then when you do it based in its original settings you're just like i don't know what's happening so, yeah. <laughs> so all right Tao, what do you what else you got because i know these guys are busy so um yeah definitely well i mean just really quick going back to the insane schedule that you have to like put together the production um what is maybe one of the most memorable things that you've seen maybe like that went wrong or that like actually worked um and also you know i know in everything right in in architecture and movies and whatever you put a lot of money in there's always that one production that was just a huge money sink so uh, do you have one that comes to mind that you've worked on i didn't work on it but i saw it a bunch of times uh <laughs> spider-man turn off the door oh. <laughs> buzz it was an absolute a nightmare Oh I God. forgot all about Spider-Man, but yeah, I remember South Park making fun of it because yeah. that's when Book of Nor Mormon was coming out, right? So like yeah. Book of Mormon was, they were making fun of how Spider-Man was like a disaster. It was, I mean, yeah. like, so they had two versions. That, like we, the theater people called it like Spider-Man and Spider-Man 2.0, where they like, again, during, actually, I think they are already open and they still change the entire thing, which is like usually unheard of. But the show was such a disaster. They were like, we've spent millions of dollars on it we have to try to save it mm -hmm. um but one of the times i went uh they did a lot of like acrobatic stuff and like flying and like people broke their legs I mean, people but one of the times literally they had um oh my god what was the villain in it i can't remember his name the green guy oh, uh green goblin Yes, <laughs> thank you. He's like in this harness and like flying over this massive theater and then just gets like, and he's just hanging over the, the audience. And like, everybody's just like, oh, what? What are we gonna do? And then, like, the actor was just like, hey guys, um, um, you don't, don't worry. And they like, like over the speaker, they're like, sorry, everyone, we're gonna place a brief hold while we try to fix this. They couldn't fix it. They literally had to get like this dude with this massive ladder and like put it in the middle. They had to move patrons. Like it was, I've never. Oh my God. In my life. Yeah. Because, <laughs> well, like South Park, South Park actually like did the thing and everybody died in it. Like everybody <laughs> died in like in the South Park one. Like yeah. it's like. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was some disaster, but it was such a, like, I will never forget seeing that show. <laughs> Oh my God! So you know this bring when you brought that up, it brings to mind the uh, the weird musical that they did in Hawkeye. Is that was that filmed over by you guys too? No, so um, you haven't seen it. Uh -huh. um, uh, it was in the um, the last show. Um, it was at the beginning. It was the beginning of the first show, and then they yeah. did it. They did it again at the very end of the show yeah. too. You know, yeah, they, they showed the full song, the full thing, and I was just yeah. like, yeah. I honestly don't know where they filmed it. And I, I know a lot of people that actually worked on it. So they must have been at one of like the studio's spaces um, in the city, or they might have used an actual theater, but it just wasn't one of our theaters. Which okay. Because yeah. like they filmed a lot of things in multiple, like we, um, Miss Maisel, Maisel, that was filmed at my theater from last season, which was really cool. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, stuff like that. It, it's fun to work on little things like that. Yeah, because I feel like that was kind of fun because they made, they kind of like made like, because I'm pretty sure like it looked like what they were filming the part, like the outside of the theater looked like one of the theaters in New York, but I wasn't sure. Um, because he was supposed to be in New York, right, during that time. So it was supposed to be like one of the theaters that had like a little Avengers poster outside and stuff like that. So I don't know if they kind of just did that and shot it and then kept using it over and over again. But it was kind of like an interesting, but it was a, it was a hilarious looking show. Yeah. <laughs> so, so. I know, there was rumors. They're like, well, maybe this will be the next big, like, Marvel musical. And I was like, anything is better than Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> They should, they're going to probably try to do it again now because Spider-Man's so popular right now. I know. <laughs> that's, that's bad. So, you know, and then like one thing we're going to bring up is because obviously you guys love pop culture because you guys are kind of going there. Like you guys just like love films and like the video games and all that stuff because you guys are like really, because every time I saw you guys, you guys are always dressed up, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So you guys are big, like what is your guys' big thing that you guys are like, you guys video games, movies, films? Um, yeah, I mean, all of the above. I yeah. was, I grew up with Nintendo, so I yeah. was always a big, like, Mario Kart person. Yeah. Before Pokemon was big to me, which it is currently right now. That's the game we're both playing, the new uh, Pokemon. Ar- Arceus. I would say my biggest, like, nerd thing, and literally all of my tattoos are them, is Lord of the Rings. Um, oh, I love Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, so they actually <laughs> did do a staged play with music of Lord of the Rings, like somewhere in the Netherlands, because I guess they had the money. Um, and I've seen like clips on YouTube and it looks fantastic, but it was probably like too much money that they could never produce it anywhere right, else. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, you know, and also because like I heard like somewhere that like, you know, Stephen Fry was supposed to be trying to do that, um, those sets of his hero things on like a stage type of situation. Yeah. Like he wrote those books for the stage, like to be done in some kind of Broadway thing in three parts. So you can do uh. these like, you know, like, like the the Greek, the 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 beginning, then the then the heroes, then like Troy kind of thing. And it was supposed to be written in a way where he can do it as like a show. And I was like, yeah. oh my God, that'd be so fascinating. I'd be so into it, you know? And especially because, uh, um, and they were supposed to do it, but somewhere over there, <laughs> you know, not over here kind of thing. So yeah. you probably have to go and check it out there. But yeah. But about you, Brendan, what are you, what are you into? Uh, um, I mean, video game wise, growing up and everything, it was mostly just, it was just FIFA, <laughs> hockey. Yeah. See, I play, I play NBA. I play NBA 2K. Like it's kind of like I'm not really like a huge fan of it, but it's so mindless when I'm just like. I got. It. I mean, like I don't have to do anything. Like that was like the best arcade game. Yeah. <laughs> the story mode they've incorporated into these games now is just absolutely insane. We yeah. have to sit there and decide like who's going to be your sponsor, and you have like locker room drama. Like it's like my favorite thing to do on FIFA. I don't actually even like to play the game. I just like to manage the club. Self sponsorships and like that's hilarious. You're just like I'm going to manage this whole situation. Just let me manage all the people. <laughs> yeah, that's a, it's like Sims, like when you just make a whole oh, city. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's um, a- I'm a huge Star Wars nerd, and um, I love the world of Wes Anderson. Obviously, which well, I can't. We can hear you. Would you say? 
sorry, my favorite um, director, Wes Anderson. Oh, yeah. Uh, Life Aquatic and Hotel Belfast and just, yeah, he's absolutely amazing. I just love that visually. His style is just so unique and mesmerizing, beautiful. I always, lo I always loved all his films too. They're always like a so much fun kind of thing. So it's just like, uh, yeah, I, I, I like the, and it's, fun, it's something because he has a certain way of filming that's very distinctive to him. And it just kind of, you can kind of always tell. So it's always kind of like, it's always great. It's, yeah. Yeah, we love watching his movies too. And and you're right, it is very distinctive. Um, one of my favorite SNL skits actually was the Wes Anderson horror movie skit. Just because it just it was just so yeah, no, it is. It, yeah, they're so it was good. Spot on. Like, he has like this, it's almost like a poetic iambic pentameter about how he tells the story and how everybody talks in movies. Well, there's people like, so like Wes Anderson, like I would love one of his movies to be like turned into like a stage adaptation, but yeah. I think some of his stuff is so fantastical that it's almost too hard to make it like a live image. Yeah. Um, like, did you ever see the movie Big Fish? Yeah. So like that movie was very, fan it was a beautiful movie and they tried to make it into a musical and it did not work. Uh... It was just like you, you lost some of the magic of it, which is like weird because there's like Disney somehow has m magic like I mean their Lion King is like I think better than the actual animated yeah. I mean <laughs> the opening like, of Lion King Pride Rock, Pride Rock is yeah. just absolutely the most breathtaking and I get goosebumps visually stunning, stunning for being something live in your face yeah 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 yeah, no, when we, I've seen it, I've seen that one. It's, it's really, really well done. And I'm always kind of fascinated because even when I saw the, the Harry Potter one, it's just like the stuff they do that looks like they're the, where the things go through and they alternate oh, yeah. and they change. And I'm like, how do they even do this? How is this even happening? I mean, I know several people that work on the show and they all have to like sign like NDAs and all this other stuff, like, because they literally are like, I, I mean, they cannot speak of it. Because, well, because I heard that it was like some kind of magic thing. Like they hired a magician to do yeah. like, a lot of these things, right? So, um, like real professional. Um, I, I mean, what is like David Copperfield? But, um, yeah, so kind of like a magician. Yeah, yeah, a sorcerer. Yeah, <laughs> found so, the wizard. Because I, oh. well, because I, when I seen it, like, the, like my friend is a big fan, and she was telling me about the guy that played like um, the white haired kid, the, the 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 sidekick guy that was like, um, forgot his name. He was um, like, um, but he, I guess, the kid that played him was, I guess, he was an usher, and then for some reason, that's all he wanted to do, and somehow he was able to get an audition, and then he became that character because he was obsessed with just watching it and then learning the lines over and over because he was just standing there, and then he ended up becoming that character, and then he was the way we saw him in San Francisco. He's he's like pretty fantastic, you know, kind of thing. And so like, and he was like a lot of fun and stuff like that. So that kind of stuff just kind of shows like how. Like when you go to the show as a kid or something, something magical happens and you just get stuck into it. Kind of like what would happen with you guys, you know? So Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, like before we get out of here, I was going to ask you. So um, I, have a, like, I have a question. So, you know, like the idea of like break a leg or any kind of superstitions before openings of shows, right? 
So yeah. I'm aware of a few and then I'm always kind of like, I don't know if they're true or not. And I don't know this, but do you guys have like a superstitious thing? Like, oh my God, this is going to be a nightmare now because of that happened, you know? So, I mean, like, it's funny that Macbeth is coming into my theater, but like one thing is, is that you're never, ever, ever supposed to say Macbeth in a theater. Oh, really? You're never supposed to say Macbeth in a theater? Call it the Scottish play. Like, the, the computer system that we sell the tickets out of is actually the Scottish play and not Macbeth in the computer system. So that started in, like, I guess somewhere in London a long, long time ago. Yeah. Basically, they were doing a production of Macbeth and um, everything went to shit. Like people died, like it was just insane. So there was this like whole, like you can't, you, nobody could do Macbeth anymore. And, but it was such a popular Shakespeare play. So they were like, we still have to do it, but how can we like circumvent these, like this like curse that became Macbeth. So they started just calling it the Scottish play. So anytime you walk into a theater, you're never allowed to say Macbeth. say Macbeth. Because if oh, you do, no. Yeah, if you yeah. do, you have then cursed the show. And, uh, <laughs> oh my God. That's fantastic. Oh, so should there be a new sub- superstition about Spider Man as well? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah no that's that's fascinating so like because of this like thing and there's so much stuff about Shakespeare that you're not supposed to do or say or whatever kind of thing so it makes total sense that something like that would happen but I was watching like a one of those movies about like uh, Orson Welles kind of thing and he was saying that something bad has to happen before opening or the show is going to be terrible right and I was just I don't know if that was like you know they were doing like they were setting it up for previews or whatever and then he's like waiting for something bad to happen because if something bad doesn't happen like the show is going to be terrible like you know kind of like the, like something kind of odd has to happen before like you know so it's, it's, it's like a like a problem solving thing if everything's going so perfectly that means the show is going to fucking just suck yeah. you know nobody's going to like it nobody's going to come see it and then like um and then that's kind of like a, like one of those things and I always I thought that was that was kind of a fun thing because I actually adopted that I was like when things go bad, when I'm going to a convention, I'm always like, yeah, that, well, that's the thing that had to go bad. So now it's going to be fine. (laughs) So yeah. Crazy Macbeth. It's called, yeah, that's crazy. You're going to be on there. You got to tell me all about it after you guys have an opening and everything. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So you have any last thoughts and last questions? Um, last thoughts, last questions. Okay. Um, my last thought, I keep going back to COVID. Um, obviously everything is slowly getting back to normal, but not quite there yet. And, you know, in my job, we are trying to think of like, what's going to happen if something like this happens again, or there's another variant, or, you know, we wake up one day and the locusts have decided to descend. Um, so is there anything uh, that has been created for a rainy day fund for actors and producers or people in the industry. Is there anything like that? Are there plans? Like what could we do as fans of shows to help support artists um, if something like this happens again? There is an absolutely great foundation called the Actors Fund. Oh, sorry, Actors I couldn't hear that. Fund. So- it's an absolutely great foundation, and they don't just help out the people in New York City. They help out people everywhere, and even during the pandemic this past time over, they even helped us out with 
and a lot of people who couldn't find apartments. When people become retirement age, they often find senior citizen homes and things like that. They they are absolutely wonderful to the community for their entire life. Yeah, I mean, there's I would honestly say there's two main um, groups that do a world of change for people on Broadway, off Broadway, just in the theater industry. It's um, Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS, and the Actors Fund. So Broadway Cares actually started during the AIDS crisis, and it was helping a lot of um, the LGBTQ community and um, people that were really, like New York had a big issue with AIDS, um, and a lot of actors were getting it, and so they, they created this foundation and it grew from there not only to just help with the AIDS crisis but to you know help um homeless actors like because a lot of you don't you don't make money on Broadway you don't like what like you make your money going and being a movie star but like the passion there and all these people um these organizations really helped um and like Brendan was saying there's specific housing networks for um low-income uh, actors and stagehands and um, they'll even help with like health care and stuff. But um, yeah, Broadway Cares, Equity Fights AIDS and um, the Actors Fund are the two big ones. And they, they've been phenomenal to us and everybody in our community, especially during this time. And even some of the, the producers by themselves, like I know Stacey Mindage, who's the lead producer of Dear Evan Hansen, one of the shows I was talking about, she paid for everybody's health care the entire time Broadway was shut down. They're not, honestly, there are not a lot of producers or humans in this world that would pay millions of money to like help her crew, but she wanted to make sure that everybody was still stable and like able to live their lives while essentially our livelihood was taken away from us. That's that's amazing. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, you brought up that Hamilton's on Disney Plus, but I imagine that probably doesn't any of that money probably doesn't go to the people that were on that stage when it was filmed. <laughs> I mean, some of them. I'm sure Lin Manuel, Lin -Manuel. makes some money. <laughs> well, he's that, that dude's just getting money everywhere because I guess he, he just did that other show too, and like you know, and then he's doing that other. He's doing he's he's turned Hollywood that guy. He's doing all the Hollywood stuff. So yeah, <laughs> but it was like it's like always like uh, one thing is like they always say like you said they don't get paid a lot. Even like Mel Mel would always say like him and they would always go like, you know, they if you make some money doing a show. They'll, they'll let you do another one. But if you don't, they ain't going to come back. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, kind of Even Bruce Springsteen, who, um, during the fall, he came back and did his show, which was on Netflix. Um, but he didn't take any of his proceeds. It all went to charities. So you just kind of, like, uh, the boss just handed it off to everyone. Yeah. But see, that's a good, like, that's when you're like, all right, you have to, be a decent human being because he's like look I, i'm fine I, i've made my money i'm doing this let's give that money to people that actually need yeah, it yeah 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 it was, it was like the keanu reeves matrix thing right so he's just giving all the money away you know so it's like yeah. <laughs> yeah oh that's great um okay cool and then um so we're gonna have like uh some last like uh you got anything else to have? i think we're no, good i think that's it for me yeah, you guys got any last last things you want to share? Any got anything you guys want to? 
uh, like because uh, we always do this thing, you know, like the like we always recommend something or something you guys like been, been into lately that you guys want to share with us to go check out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Obviously, the new Pokemon game is good. You guys like the new Pokemon? It, game? Is. Pokemon it actually really is. Really so, so like my daughter was talking about, is it like open world where you get to walk around and do stuff, or like what's the difference between this one and the ones prior? Um, I this is the yeah I know you like rarely play it. Um, <laughs> it's very similar to Breath of the Wild. Oh, yeah. that game. So it's like it's an RPG. It's like open world. Like you can. It also even kind of sounds like Breath of the Wild. Like when you yeah. would pick up things. Like it's like. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's super cool, and there's like a really nice storyline to it. I guess it's like more of like the origins of Pokemon before it was like common that you know pokemon and humans like worked together or like you could catch pokemon and train with them so it's like the origin story and it's beautiful it really is um i was like i i'm late in the game but one of the shows we just started watching he had already watched it is baskets have you seen baskets it was on fx it's zach galifianakis and um I mean, uh, um, Andy, oh my God, no. Um, what's the mother's name? Oh, um, uh, Lewis, our, uh, oh my God, he just passed away. Oh, Louis Anderson. Yes, Louis, Louis Anderson. Anderson. Yeah, he plays the mother. He's absolutely phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, that, it's just a weird, like, kind of fucked up comedy. So if you just need, like, something funny and not really, like, too intense to watch, watch basket yeah 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 you know, okay that's cool I, I like zach zach's funny so yeah you know who you know who i want to see on broadway though is um uh what's his name the guy that does thor and then we, what we do in the shadows i want to see some like i want him to do broadway yeah what we do yeah taiko what with taiko what yeah i i cannot pronounce his name yes yeah Cause like I, he's everything. He like he just seems like he's made for Broadway, and he hasn't done anything yet, you know, no. kind of thing. So, and I think that I, that would be what something I would love to see. Um, he actually is done, he's actually the uh, creator and the producer of that Native American show that I, like that like was like really oh. fascinating to me. So he's like one of the creators on that too, and it's kind of. Um, but yeah, he does such a great job. And then what we do in the shadows is phenomenal. That thing should be on Broadway. Oh, that thing is so great. Yeah. I want, but I would ha- it would have to be all of the actors from the show yeah. on Broadway because I yeah. don't think I could like see, see anybody else playing play Nandor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I see that's the show I would love to see on Broadway because I love that show so much. It'd be I'm so gonna, much let's fun. Let's produce it. We'll produce yeah. it together. We'll yeah. make it happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, all right, cool. Um, all right, well, thank you guys so much for hanging out with us, and we really appreciate you guys taking the time. And it was really great to see you guys. I can't thank wait to see you guys in New York uh, this coming year. Maybe you could get uh, Drag Cow out, too. She's never been to New York. I do yeah. want to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously, if you both come, we'll, 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 get, you we'll get you into some good shows, hopefully. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm always kind of walking around there, so I always enjoy it. So, like, it's always fun to walk around New York. You'll have to give us a list of other things we're not allowed to do or say. (laughs) (laughs) So, you guys, so you guys are like, are you guys the born and raised in New York, yeah? Are you guys Um, that come in to New York? He's from Jersey. I'm from New York, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, because like, well, because I, you know what, I love, I love Brian Fallon from the Gaslighting Anthem. So he's like my favorite, and he's from Jersey. So, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for taking the time. We really appreciate thank it. Thank yeah. you guys. No, this was a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Special thanks to hosts that Tao. Nooligan, DJ Crump. Music by Ghost HD. Produced by DJ Crump. Production by Ghost Wish. Ghost Wish.